You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. And tonight we're talking about the 1995 Tales from the Crypt film uh, from the HBO series. Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. You no trouble. Me You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Yes, I was wondering what would break first. Your spirit or your money. You get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir. God is dead. This city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, Mr. Yes. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Brian. With me tonight, Mr. Paul Williams. What's going on, my man? Ready to talk about some Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. I think we should give a little bit of, of history with this, too. This movie, Demon Knight, it's a it's a Tales from the Crypt. It, it came out kind of like as, as a spinoff film from the show mm-hmm. that was running on HBO from, like, I think, uh, what was it, 89? Uh, yeah, 1989. So it was like 95, 96. It ran for seven seasons. Yep. HBO ran the series, and it, it got you know some popularity. But before that, it was a it was a comic book that was uh, started in the, in the 1940s, and it really got its its kind of prime run, probably say from 1950 to 1955. And it did have a lot of controversy because there was a lot of graphic imagery and. There is um, a funny joke in Demon Knight regarding that. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I, I rather like yes, that. Yes, it is. Yes, I thought it was very clever. You know, back then, man, most people in the U.S. were kind of like religious prudes. Oh, it was a um, different time, you know? And it was. Yes, it was. It was a different time. You know, It was a like leave it to beaver name. time, brother. There were a bunch of apparently like evangelical kissed and parents and and everything else who made such a big deal about like vault of horror which was also um part of tales from the crypt it was tales from the crypt vault of horror um i forget what the third one is with the old witch yeah it was uh what was it it was something like haunting haunts of horror or something like that yeah haunts of horror i forget what that is yeah the old witch wasn't um, wasn't very good no she she was badly drawn uh Yes. I thought yes, so. Anyway. very badly. There was like actually a freaking congressional meeting over this, you know, on how these comic books were basically dumbing down the youth of America and destroying the moral fiber of, of families and basically causing delinquency. 
which I, which now we know is total BS. It's a bunch of people blowing things really out of proportion. I mean, look, here's the reality of the situation, kids. Uh, well, parents, I guess. If your kids are reading, who cares what they're – I mean, if they're reading about superheroes, who cares they're reading? They're still reading. And there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing in these horror comics that – I mean, come on. They, these are totally tame, especially to today's oh, yeah. standards. Oh, yes, definitely tame to today's standards. I mean, for Christ's sake, you know, when this congressional meeting was held, apparently that was what created the comic book code, which for some of our listeners that do not know what that is, like the... I think we can figure it out. It's censorship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just like a rating deem... system, just like we see with films. Yeah, yeah. And because, see, a lot of people don't even realize, man, that back in the day, DC had, like, kind of risque comics, too. Oh, yeah. DC was kind of one of the ones who folded to the comics code. Well, DC you know, ended up buying e, uh, EU. E, EC Comics. Or is it EC? Yeah, it was EC Comics, yeah. Because that's what Tales from the Crypt was. Oh, that's right, because it started as, like, uh, was it educational comics, and then they moved it over to, like, entertainment yeah. comics. <laughs> Yeah, for obvious reasons, now they're doing Tales comments. from the Crypt. So, yeah, <laughs> not yeah. not a lot of educational I mean, value. I will. I, I won't argue see, that. Even, even in some of those, well, even in some of those old Tales from the Crypt comics, man, they were. You know, some of those were like mysteries, but they well, were just some of mysteries. them were mysteries. But I mean, that's not really what a Tales yeah. from the Crypt is. Tales from the Crypt is usually like it's a story of somebody getting Horror. their comeuppance or somebody yeah, that karma. wishes. <laughs> You know, for the the grass is greener on the other side kind of story. And it's like, oh, no, it's it's terrible. You know, I shouldn't have wished for that. You know, the, the monkey's yeah. paw, like, yeah, monkey's I don't know. Paw. Those are very, you know, examples of what a Tales from the Crypt is or what that story type is. You know, like, I want to be beautiful. And then, yeah. you know, what you wished for came true, but not not how you wanted it to. But you probably had to do yeah. something like murder someone or do something terrible in order to get what you wanted in the first place. So like, I, I remember, I remember one episode in Tales from the Crypt in particular, this kind of rich or not. He's not really a rich dude. He's basically a, a, a freaking scam artist. And he goes down to like Haiti and there's this like really rich aristocratic girl. And he ends up giving her this love potion and gives her like way too much. And then he ends up killing her and burying her. And even in death, she still comes back because of this love potion he gave her. You know, and, and the whole thing was is he was just after the cash. He didn't really give a damn about her or anything else. He just wanted the cash. It's like I guess, that money, I guess, honey. You know, and the thing is, though, I guess there was like a little bit of a, a moral kind of like be careful what you wish for. And then in 1972, <laughs> there was a British Tales from the Crypt. Oh yeah, made. the movie, and it did not, did not. I mean, in other words, Creep Show, <laughs> Creep Show, and the Twilight Zone movie did a hell of a lot better. I I like the Tales from the Crypt movie. I can't really remember that much about this one though, from the seventies. Um, I remember Peter Cushing barely being in it. He's like, yes, where the Crypt Keeper's telling is he's like telling Peter Cushing and a group of other people in this crypt, yeah. These five the stories. stories. And I, I can't remember yeah. what all of them are. I remember the first one, or one of them, is like the All Through the House, which is like the second yeah. episode on the HBO series that Robert mm-hmm. Zemeckis directed, where it's got the crazy Santa. I always loved yes. that, man. Yes, that was a good one. That was a really good one. Yeah. Um, and then I like the Monkey Paul segment. The, in the Monkey's movie. Paul was on that one. Yeah. 
it's like the Crypt Keeper on that one was just like this dude in this like <laughs> it was like some pastry old uh, white English with, dude. <laughs> yeah, who who had this like blue white skin. face paint on? Yeah. yeah, with these big dark circles drawn around his eyes. He looked nothing like the Crypt Keeper. It's like what that we saw. Him. Well, maybe in the early days he looked like the Crypt Keeper. Because that's, that's how he was that's drawn. That's just a slightly know? chubby British guy. You're fooling no one here. Yeah, he's just a chubby British guy. But yeah, I mean, and there was even a cartoon based on this series. Yeah, now that I think came out because of the HBO show, which is kind of crazy yeah. to think about that they made a cartoon of a of a show that was also the live action version was running congruently. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, featured, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, gore um, and nudity. I mean, because that, you know, that was a big thing about nudity. HBO shows, like shows on HBO, like they could show naked women. And yeah. I mean, it's kind of like it is now. Like, I mean, you watch Game of Thrones now and it's like they just have naked people on screen for no reason. I mean, it's it, just a dong <laughs> swinging by the camera. Well, no, it's just for like no it would just be like a scene in a brothel, and it's like, man, did this scene really have to take place in this brothel? <laughs> did you really have to put this here? I mean, this is two characters talking about something in government. Did, did it really need to take place? At the, like, well, we have a booby and ass cheek quota here. We have to meet. Well, I mean, you know, what better place to relax and talk about shit than a brothel? I guess. And, you, know, you know, Tales from the Crypt was, you know, kind of the kind of the same way. But I remember that was like. I guess when we were growing up, we were, you know, we were younger at the time. That, oh, that, yeah, that was one of the appeals for it. It's like, oh, yeah, you can watch those. And it's like you get it's just like a mini movie. You get gore and there's boobies in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Violent sex and drugs. I mean, there was a lot of all three of those going on in Tales from the Crypt episodes, you know. The Crypt Keeper looked awesome, too, in that HBO series. Oh, now I will say going back and watching like the first two seasons now but when that shit first came out dude i remember when i first saw tales from the crypt i was just like that is really really freaking cool you know yeah not all the episodes are great but i mean the the show open and the crypt keeper are i mean they're amazing i mean i i really like it oh yeah and uh danny elfman i don't think that dude does any wrong pieces of music (laughs) (laughs) you know ever I don't know. I feel like Danny Elfman's been on like a constant like high note since like the late '80s, early '90s. There, there oh, are yeah. some he, some scores though, like Terminator Salvation, that mm, uh, okay. that okay. leave a little Touché bit on that one. a little bit <laughs> to be desired. All his work like with I Tim Burton is know, great. Oh yeah, I mean, even even some of the work he did, you know, like I said, without Tim Burton, um, it's still it's still amazing. I really love to hear his work and. You know, he created that iconic dun 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 Oh you yeah, know, it's the like, theme music is really good. It would not be the same show if it did not have that beginning that it has. Oh no, man, it's it's great, dude. Like the way it go, it goes up to the creepy house and the way it's on the hill, and it's it, yeah, no, it's no, all done in one shot. I'll, I mean, they hide yeah. the camera cuts, and you can see them. I mean, it's not like yeah. You know. But I always I don't know about you, but watching that intro, it's like. I've always tried to like pick out things that are like in the background or whatever that I might not have noticed before, like the faces on the uh, the pillars going down the stairs, you know that, and then there's like more faces in the actual tomb. The crypt set. There's a lot of cool stuff. Now that yeah. that is jam packed, but before you get there, I mean, there's not really a lot. I guess there's some stuff in the house, but 
You know, there's that the vase with the dead flowers in the middle of that table when the door first yes. opens. And then you got the one the one uh not much in there. Skull there with like the candle burning on it and the wax is all melted on it. It is a cool, you know, it, it gets you ready for some, you know, a little gothic macabre feel, man. I'm, yeah, I'm I ready. Say it has this gothic horror, you know, feel to it. Definitely. That's another thing with the Crypt Keeper. The puns, man. The puns. Like, <laughs> you a fan yeah, of the puns? Jesus. Like, some of them are good, man, but some of them are just like. A little much? He just asked her a question. Really? <sighs> This is this is what we've come to now. I guess Go I am Cooper. getting final cut, or however he does that. Yeah. I can't even yeah. mimic that. Like you're a Robert Dedford. Oh, you know? Robert Dedford. Yeah, like I mean, some of some of those puns, man, like actually pretty damn decent. I do like John Kessler's thing. voice, though, man. He he he, he yeah. does do a good job. Yes, John Kessler does definitely. I was kind of like, making fun of it. I don't want to like you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, no, no. He's he is like the that's the that's the crypt keeper's voice, man. I mean, once again, you know, it, the show really often takes like this this kind of dark comedy tone to it as well, because there are comedic moments and funny moments in the show. And Jesus, man, like all the actors that you know played actors and actresses that played all different kinds of roles, man. In the series, um, I guess I think they got like Arnold Schwarzenegger to like direct one, or maybe he was acting in one. I think he played in one, and I know uh, Marlon Brando was in one. What I think I know Michael J. Fox was in one. I don't remember Marlon Michael J. Brando Fox was in one, being in one. Um, dude, well, I uh, mean the, the guys it? that put the HBO show together. I mean it's just a series of heavyweights from the get go. Like, yeah, the guys that put it together, you have Robert Zemeckis, okay, and the guy had already done Back to the Future at this point, all three of them. Um, uh, yeah. Joel Silver from Lethal Weapon went on to do uh, The Matrix, right? Uh, big producer. Yeah. Okay. Gilbert Adler. Uh, well, he was a producer for the show, but he wasn't one of the executives that put it together. Um, but Walter uh, Hill, another one from yeah, Walter Hill. Alien yeah. fame, and David Geiler, also from Alien fame. And then you had Richard yep. Donner, the director of Lethal Weapon, Superman, you know, Lady Hawk. I mean, G- Jesus Christ, that guy's done so many movies, dude. Yeah. And these are the guys that, that, that put this show together, you know, and they, they, they put these, um, the two films together as well. Yes. And guaranteed all of these guys probably read Tales from the Crypt comics when they were kids. And that, that Gil uh, Adler guy you were talking about, he, he's the guy Gilbert. that actually directed the, um, what's that? Gilbert Adler. Is it Gilbert Adler? Yeah. I thought it was Gilbert okay. Adler. Sorry, but yeah, he he was the one that actually directed the um, Crypt Keeper sequences for Demon Knight because yep. he was. He I, guess, I guess he was a big producer and director of the show. So, and he even directed the the second movie, Bordello of Blood. Oh boy, Bordello of Blood. <laughs> Which I guess. So in the, I guess we should get to Demon Knight. So in the sixth after, well, I guess it was toward the end of the sixth season. They had two more episodes left in the in the sixth season of the Tales from the Crypt on HBO, left to go. And the and the film came out in theaters uh, January thirteenth, nineteen ninety five. It it did it did pretty good when it came out. It didn't do bad. I mean, it cost twelve million to make, and it made two point one million. No, twenty one point one million. I'm sorry. Yeah, I made, made twenty one. Um, yeah, I've 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 seen twelve. I've seen thirteen. 
on the budget. So not bad though, man. It was it was yes. good enough for them to to make a sequel. I don't know what the worldwide figures were, but good enough for them to get a, get a sequel in. This movie this movie had a really really awesome soundtrack. I really enjoyed the soundtrack <laughs> um, for this movie, man. Like I remember, you know, the crazy thing is, I actually owned the soundtrack for this movie before I even owned the movie. You know, you had bands like Pantera and Sepultura and Ministry. And, the Gravediggers and Biohazard and Machine Head, you know, all these all these awesome metal acts on the soundtrack. And it was just it was just an awesome ass soundtrack. As a matter of fact, I still listen to the Demon Knight soundtrack from time to time today. You're still a fan of the soundtrack. Yes, I am. <laughs> hey man, nice shot, dude. Nice shit. Oh, yeah, I forgot Filter. Yeah, Filter. <laughs> yeah, the most popular song, probably the most commercial song from the entire freaking soundtrack. Uh, was, and they make they was, make sure they play it like like the first thing you hear. Is that, yes. Yeah, they even cut yes. a, they even cut a little bit of score in between it, and so they can bring it back up again. Yes, they do. And the only time you hear <laughs> the only time you hear Cemetery Gates the whole thing is when dude's getting his uh his nipples electrocuted. Well, since I guess we're never going to talk about um, Bordello of Blood, and it's in, in a whole episode. Um, I guess no. So, so Demon Knight came out ninety five. No. The next year in ninety six, Bordello of Blood came out. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's it's got Dennis Miller is I guess the star, the main actor in the movie. It's got Corey Feldman. I guess is the only He's other the real recognizable face. Which is ironic. Corey Fillman actually drops a freaking line from the Lost Boys in Bordello of Blood. Oh, did he really? I missed it. The Adams Family line. Oh. Where he's like, you open the door and it's like the Adams Family or something, something like that. I can't remember exactly what the line is word for word. But I know he drops the same line in Bordello of Blood. And I also do want to make one more point. You ever wonder what Corey Feldman would look like if he was actually one of the Lost Boys? Watch fucking Bordello of Blood. What do you mean? If Corey Feldman was one of the vampire kids instead of being one of the Frog Brothers. Yeah, well, wait, it's like, but, but it's no. Like, those... That's exactly what they did. No, like, that's yeah, not what well, they looked like. The vampires look different <laughs> in Lost Boys, son. No, what? Get out of here. No, you can see. No, no. They had like the big old no, forehead. what I'm trying to say is... I feel like they. I feel like they. They when they casted Corey Feldman for this role, they were like, "Hmm, he was in Lost Boys. Let's go with that attire." You know. Actually, I think he was just coming out of rehab, and Richard Donner, like we mentioned, was the executive producer of the show and the movie. So he got him a a, a spot in the, in the, in the film. Got him a, a part. Which is actually quoted saying, uh, you know, he Corey worked with Feldman. him on the Goonies. I can see that. Yeah. Corey Film was also quoted saying Dennis Miller was the biggest asshole he's ever worked with. I really wouldn't put a lot of stock in what Corey Feldman says, brother. I mean, I don't mean because to be rude, but I'm not trying to be rude either. But from, you know, from what I kind of understand, yeah, it's like the pot calling the kettle black. You know what I mean? Uh, he didn't have a lot to say very nice about anybody. Oh, I guess. Well, the uh, behind the scenes we're referencing is from the uh, the Scream Factory um, Blu-rays. They released um, Demon Knight yes. and, for some reason, Bordello of Blood 
Don't know what they were thinking well, on that. For all that, they might as well go ahead and release Tales from the Crypt Presents Ritual, a movie that was out two years before they even threw the label on it. Uh, oh, yeah, there is a third Tales from the Crypt movie. Have you seen that? Yeah. No, and I have no intention of watching it. I kind of do because I was looking it up. I haven't seen it either, but I was looking it up on IMDb, and I saw, saw a still of the Crypt Keeper with dreads. And I was like, yeah, he, yeah. wow, this is either going to be like an urban Tales from the Crypt or, better yet, it's Tales from the Crypt set in Jamaica. Jamaica, man. Dude, I'm telling you, it would, that would be amazing. Like, can you, can you just see it right now? The Crypt Keeper doing the intro with like a terrible Jamaican accent. Dude, I want to say that, uh, I want to say that that whole excerpt with the Crypt Keeper, you know, I think that's actually from one of the episodes. <laughs> I'm not 100% sure on that, but I do remember the Crypt Keeper being dressed as a, as a Rastafarian. I'm sure, man. They did, they did close to, they did almost 100 episodes of that HBO show. So, yeah. Which, when I was looking at that, I was kind of, that blew my mind. So, yeah, I mean, Bordello of Blood, like, the main, the lead actress, which I can't even freaking think of her name right now. Like, this was, like, the <laughs> first movie she was ever in. Like, she had never been in no movie before Boadella. Oh, are you talking about the, the, the vampire? Um, the red, yeah, the redhead vampire. Angie Willis. Everhart. She plays, yeah, she yeah was that was model. the only movie. She, yeah, it was from model, one movie, Boadella of Blood, done. But she was a model. She got the part because uh, Joel Silver was making uh, Demolition Man with Sylvester Stallone. He was like, uh, <laughs> yo, can you put my girl in uh, Angie? Yo. Put put Girl, her in the, put in that tells me crypt sequel. She can be a sexy put vampire. Adrian, I oh, uh, that was terrible. I should not. <laughs> yeah, Stallone's gonna sue us now. Damn it. Oh well, he ain't gonna get none. We love you, Stallone. And we're poor. But how so. embarrassed are you about the end of Rambo Three? Very embarrassed. Very embarrassed. For well, our freedom uh, fighters, yeah, the Taliban. Ooh, egg in the face <laughs> on that one, brother. <laughs> oh, when you want to oh, just go back yeah. and just erase shit from movies, it's like, oh, yep. that was a George Lucas special edition, that shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you know what? Stallone, Stallone's a man. He he just like, no, I'm going to leave yeah. that on there. Either that or he's just too lazy. Yep. But yeah, man, I mean, like I said, Bordello of Blood, I mean, I don't even think that movie got a theatrical release, did it? Yeah, it did. I think that was like a, oh, it did? Yeah, no, it was in theaters, bro. Oh, yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did. Hey, it made some millions. Not not a lot of millions, but it did make them. You know what? Dude, let's let's go ahead and just get into the film. Let's play the trailer right now, and uh, we'll get into spoiler-filled discussion for Demon Knight. Universal Pictures is proud to present the motion picture directing debut of one of America's most talented and respected artists. Cut! Cut, 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 cut! Oh, hello, kitties. So glad you could join me. Your pal, the Crypt Keeper, has gone Hollywood in a big way. I'm directing my first feature film. Care for a little shriek preview? For my big screen premiere, I wanted lots of suspense. Special effects. Sex. Violence. The kind of thing you could really sink your teeth into. Frights! Camera! Hatcha! 
between man I'm sorry. and demon. I'm not gonna hurt you. I lied. It stars Billy Zane from Dead Calm, William Sadler from Die Hard 2, and Jada Pinkett from Menace to Society. Ooh, I love those titles. And you'll love Demon Knight. Ladies, if you think Demon Knight is too gross and yucky, Whoa! thank you. <laughs> All right, we're back. That was the trailer for Tales from the Crypt presents Demon Knight. Uh, it was, you know, that's a good little trailer, little Crypt Keeper VO, you know, explaining the plot there for you. So this movie, it, it starts off right away, waste no time, with uh, a nice little fake-out scene. You get, you get all of the – what made the HBO special really popular, the HBO series popular, the nudity, the gore. You get, you get it all, like in like 10 seconds of the movie starting. You get a super short episode of Tales from the Crypt. And right when it's um, you know about to climax – the Crypt Keeper cost cut. And, yep. you know, what What did you think of the, the shot with the Crypt Keeper head to toe? This is the, I think the first time you see him head to toe ever. At the time, I really didn't think it was that bad. Uh, it has not aged well at all. I don't know if I would have went with that choice. It was something new. They, you know, kind of wanted to go balls to the wall and build, you know, carry everything up a notch. So, yeah, showing the Crypt Keeper full body and walking. It is cool. Know. You it, know, it's something different. They they did something different for the movie. Yeah. And this was the year after Zemeckis kind of did this in Forrest Gump. Yes. Where he would, you know, he would yes. take footage um, from famous people and, add, you know, add Forrest Gump into, like, you know, footage with JFK or Lyndon B. Johnson. You know, obviously, Tom Hanks was not alive. Did it work at the time? Yeah, I think it worked at the time. Did it stand up as well as, say, some of the shots in Forrest Gump? No. I don't really think it did. No, I but, agree with you on that. I mean, it doesn't, like, kill the movie for me, you know? It doesn't look as good as the puppet. Dude, that puppet is so badass. The puppet looks fucking awesome, dude. Like, when that he comes out with that little, awesome. <laughs> his little director's hat... And I think there's yeah. like a, it's a director's chair, I think like blo- blocking, you know, the lower pa- part of his body. So the puppet operators mm-hmm. can be up there. And I mean, I thought that was cool. The yes, scenes that was really cool. The scene with the, hu- the, the humor, the puns. Yeah. It, I don't know. It's Tales from the Crypt, dude. It, it's just kind of fun. So then the actual, <laughs> the actual movie of Demon Knight uh, begins. The Crypt Keeper opens his, uh, his comic book. Which, you know, I, I like that they, they started the movie that way. You know, it's, it's very similar to the show. Yeah, and I've always, one thing I've always loved, the movie, the show, is that one scene that they show you, like, of the comic book page, is always the first scene. And they, they replicate it, you know. The movie opens up. The first thing you hear is the opening bass lines to Filter's Hey Man, Nice Shot. Which I also thought was, <laughs> yes, you do, a really good idea. You know, 
it's really weird because when you when you first start watching this movie, it's like all you see is two dudes in a car chase. You don't know why they're in a car chase. You don't know who the good guy is or who the bad guy is or if either one of them are good or a bad guy. Now, I will say the posters in the trailer kind of ruin that. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's the thing. It, and, and they do... Especially with Billy Zane. Yeah, they do this thing in the movie where they're kind of leading the audience to, like, you know, have a question of, like, ooh, who's good, who's bad? Is, you know, is this breaker guy... Yeah, this whole line of Good or bad... But, you know, you see the trailer, the the poster of the movie before you go see it. And it's like, oh, yeah, Billy Zane's a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah. But it still it still does try to play off of that, though, a little bit, I feel, in the beginning. Yeah, they, Especially they try. But... Billy Zane starts, you know, talking to the cops and stuff. You know, like I said, I, I do enjoy the car chase and all of that, except for the one part where it's like William Sattler's a little befuddled, you know, or there's like freaking child locks on the car door. That's why he crawls out the window or something. I don't know. but You know, dude, um, it's to add a little extra suspense, man, to the yeah. scene, okay? You gotta add, yeah, you got to add that. You got to make it suspenseful. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah don't, I, mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to question William uh, Ernest Dickerson here. Uh, I guess we should say, you know, this is the first time we've ever talked about uh, a black African-American director, man. This is the first time ever. Um, yes. Ever on the podcast. Uh, I think we're, we're popping a cherry here. Ernest Dickerson... I think I think he did a, a damn good job directing this film, man. And you know what I understand. I mean, like he everyone, knows what he's doing, man. Everyone that worked, yeah, and everyone that worked on this film, they seem to really enjoy working with him. Yeah, well, I mean, like, okay, so you're talking about like that scene with Breaker trying to get out out of the car door, you know? Yeah, it's a little cheesy yeah. and it's a little uh, fifty movies. I don't know. It's it's kind of hokey, but I mean, that's what that's what this is. You know, it fits for this yeah. kind of tone that this movie has it is a little silly you know they have fun with it like there's there's characters that are even like kind of meta com- commentating on like how many rules there are and then you know like wow you know there's characters that have lines in the film like who makes up these rules yeah. i know like i don't i didn't come up with this yeah it's a it's a little bit campy <laughs> but i don't know man i i i like that and i think that's that's fine for tales from the crypt even if it is not very tales from the crypty Okay. Yeah, that's true. Man, you know, I, it's really I, cool that this whole this whole movie was pretty much shot in the airplane hangar. Yeah, dude, I, I really like uh, siege films. You know, where it's it's mostly in one location, or or you get characters trapped in like a, a Rio Bravo kind of kind of situation, or like a assault. On oh yeah, this 13, is definitely a Night of the Living Dead. This is definitely definitely a siege movie. Now, <laughs> Breaker, he has these stars on his hands, right? Cause he's breaker, the William Sadler, he's the demon knight. Mm-hmm. And these stars are leading him to who he's supposed to pass this key down to, or who's going who's to become the next demon knight. And the demon knights just protect this, this key, this artifact, right? Or the seven dragon balls. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So it, what, what is the purpose of those, of those stars. They're the, not like the a map. of the stars. Yeah, they're like a map on his how hand. How is that a map? It's just a circle of stars on his palm. Like, how is that? Like, see, like if they if they made like an arrow and it was like this direction or you know what I mean? <laughs> but like you look at them. Way. Yeah, you look at them in the movie and then it's like how they're laid out. There's like three in the middle. 
And then, like, he just shows up at this hotel, which is, like, I don't know, like, an extra, like, fucking five miles? Like, how long how, how long has he been walking with Uncle Willie there? Like, it couldn't have been that far. See, I guess what I gathered was, I mean, he, he even says it in the movie. I that, know what he says. Which is, which is kind of odd now, because you would think it would be the opposite of this, right? The stars would be in a circle, and as they're collected, the star moves from the out to the center. Not from the center out, but Look, it was the exact opposite of that. Dude, dude, all I'm saying is, I say we call bullshit on this being a map. Yeah, yeah. This is some serious. Bullshit. This is some serious bullshit here. I mean, like it makes no sense at all. I don't buy it. And it's not supposed to be just like a regular map of the fucking planet. This is like a map of the universe. <laughs> right. It makes it makes. Wait, wait. It's not supposed to be a map of the universe. It's just supposed to be a map to show him the next demon night. Well, dude, no, no, because he even says that this the thing on his hand, the, the keys were taken and spread all across the universe. And when the demons collect the keys, no, but that's all the, when the but stars the, start moving. Yeah, but all they have all the keys. The demons have all the keys. But, but that's the one what I'm he saying. Has. They went across the whole fucking galaxy and collected all these keys. But that has nothing to do with the stars that the are on his hand. Head. The stars on his hand just point him to the way of the next demon knight. Oh, well, it'd be damn, dude. And you and I walked away with two different interpretations of that. Well, I always uh, thought what? that it was letting him know whenever the demons collected another one of the seven keys, that was a single signal to him to let him know that another one of those keys were in the demon's possession. No, dude, he he says that like at the, like the beginning, like that's the whole reason that they're demon knights in the first place is that like the demons already have the six keys. They have the six keys before the the movie started. Are you, dude, then why does he make the? Why does he? Make he's the, got the last key. That's why he yeah, says he makes a comment. He's like, yeah, they have all the they they've been searching for a long time, and they found all the other six keys. Yeah, and I, and here's the seventh one. Yeah, but they did that a long time ago. They already have, and like I don't understand like the whole origin story of like the demons, like. It's like in the beginning, God created the earth, and in the God darkness, the, heaven and the earth. Yeah, there, and in the darkness, and the earth there was were demons. An empty void. It was an empty void filled with demons. And it's like, wait a minute, shit, God, why did you ever put like dark shadows there? That that sucks. You're just letting demons. And then God there. said, "Let there be light." And, and then like, there were seven created. Cre- yeah, it. I don't know. It just it leaves out a lot of like mythology. It just kind of it's, it's very vaguely. Describe. I mean, overall, it's like, who are these demons? Is it? Are we talking about like the devil? In doing research for this, I have heard Billy Zane's character or read Billy Zane's character be called the devil himself, and then I've also been seeing him called as the collector. But on the movie, in the movie, he's called the like, collector. He's called the collector, but obviously, he can't be the devil because in the movie. At the very end, he even says, like, I've been looking forward to a promotion. So, obviously, he's not yeah. the top hit honcho. And yeah. at the very end of the movie, like, there's a, another collector, you know, that comes. Yeah. I mean, he's like he's like the guy, you know, if you go to one of the rent-to-own places, you don't pay your bill, comes and picks your shit up. He's like a repo man. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. I don't, keys I don't... <laughs> that control the destiny of the universe. No, no, you know, he's 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 more like an evil demon searching for an artifact. That's that's kind of more what he's yeah. like. <laughs> well, Billy Zane is really good in this movie though. Dude, I'm gonna tell you right now, even though Jada Pinkett Smith 
was in this movie. Well, she wasn't Jada Pinkett Smith at the time. She was just Jada Pinkett, you know, and she was supposed to be like right up there with, with William Sadler and, and Billy Zane. Dude, I feel like the whole movie is about those two characters. I feel like she doesn't really kind of make a strong, extraordinarily strong presence until she becomes the demon knight. Well, yeah, I mean, well, that's good. Like, you know, I, I will say that was, that was kind of the surprise. Like, I just thought that they were throwing her in the film to have, a, you, know, you know, have a woman supporting role. I always uh, kind of thought way, she was going to get, like, you know, abducted and Breaker was going to have to go after her. her. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. I think that's a good switch up where, you know, like, at the end of the film, she, he dies and she has to, you know, face the bad guy at the end. I, I love at the, uh, the end of that doc on the uh, Scream Factory um, Blu-ray, Ernest Dickerson, he's like, yeah, I think I'm, I'm the only director that's ever made a movie uh, where a black chick saved the world. And I got yeah. thinking about that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah. I could think of, a, like, you know, where, you know, where a lot of black ladies save the day. I was like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. A hidden figures. Well, I guess they're just, they're just saving some astronauts. They're not really saving the whole world, but... Oh, and uh, fun fact, uh, Jada Pinkett, um, originally when she was cast for the movie, she had long hair. But the day she showed up for filming, she has like this butch blonde hair. And she was like, no, I'm not wearing a wig. Dude, okay. Did you hear that producer? He he made a big deal out of uh, who else? Uh, It was Billy Zane being bald. Yeah, Billy Zane being bald. He gives a shit. That was like the first time Billy Zane apparently like shaved his head or something, and like this one producer was like freaking out about everybody's haircut. Like, yeah, because he even says like, yeah, Billy Zane even says in the documentary he was like, I was going bald because apparently he did Tombstone, and apparently during Tombstone he was he wore a wig in that movie because he was going bald. So he apparently just started shaving his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, we don't we don't need to know uh, yeah. Billy Zane's like I mean, haircut it, history it, here, man. <laughs> No, I mean, I'm just, you know, getting, well, like, getting back to... Billy Zane, before he had hair, he was a beautiful man. When he when he went bald, I just... <laughs> he was I, such a beautiful, handsome I, gentleman. I didn't... You know, like, when you watch Titanic, I I know it's a wig, but I just fall in love with him with that beautiful, brunette, luscious locks. You know, when they go to this uh, church slash hotel, I mean, I know it's just a movie and all. But I'd be damned, dude, if I ate that damn slop that Breaker was eating out that bowl with the ketchup sprayed all on it. Oh, the Jada Pinkett Smith uh, <laughs> fixes for him. Uh, honey, yeah, it you looks have like very bad cooking skills. Either that or guacamole like, slash gruel. Yeah. What? Oh, okay. All right. Now that you brought the guacamole up, <laughs> the ho- the hotel that uh, <laughs> that used to be a church. Uh, there is a a, yes. a prostitute that is running around, Cordelia. Cordelia. All right. She needs her sheets cleaned. And Jada Pinkett Smith's like, yeah, I couldn't get the guacamole out. What is this yeah. prostitute doing with guacamole? Either that or dude, Roach has a serious case of the, uh, the gonorrhea. I mean, it makes me laugh. Yeah. But I don't exactly know what that means. I don't know if I want to. And the, uh, the hotel is ran... By Miss Irene. CCH Pounder. Great actress, man. CCH Pounder. I just want to say her name over and over again. Yeah. CCH Pounder. I mean, dude, that's that's an amazing name. Perfect name for if you if you're a porn star. Perfect name. 
what the CCH would stand for, just use your imagination. I was I was thinking more of like badass. <laughs> no, like, uh, like Dirk hero. Diggler or something like that. Yeah, I mean like CCH Pounder. <laughs> CCH Pounder. This summer has a new action star. If you don't like what I say, I'll fuck up your face. Okay, you did mention yeah. Roach earlier. We shouldn't skip over that because uh um, yeah, played by Mr. Thomas Hayden Church. Oh yes. Who apparently just tries to look like Glenn Danzig in this fucking movie. <laughs> He does he does have a ridiculous haircut and I love his wardrobe of like just I don't know kind of weird Hawaiian what do you shirts mean like the fishnet the fishnet the fishnet fucking tank tops and the Hawaiian shirts Yeah cuz I mean they're in like I don't where is this supposed to be taking place Do they ever say No it's never said but I always assumed it was like some fucking small podunk desert town. Yeah, I guess like Utah, Nevada, or like, I don't know, maybe very Southern California. That's some desert. Yeah. Because the hotel is in, like, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it's super flat. I mean, they have some cool mat shots where, you know, you see the lightning. <laughs> maybe they live in Nowhereville. <laughs> There's even a tumbleweed, I think, that blows across in one of them, if I'm not mistaken. I may be making that up <laughs> just because I want it there. <laughs> Yeah, they could always just live in the same town that Courage the Cowardly Dog takes place in. And then there's the uh, Roger Rabbit mailman. Charles Fulcher, yes, as Wally. He was the voice of Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, He plays a a disgruntled um, uh, ex-postal, I'm sorry, post office employee who might go postal. Oh, the 90s. Yeah, dude. When everybody thought that every postal employee was going to go crazy and shoot people with guns. Well, you know, there were, wasn't there like three or four of those that happened in America at the time? I mean, mean, maybe more. I I don't, I may be making and inflating that number. I know there were more than two. Put it to you like this there was enough to don the term going postal. Touche. So, yeah. (laughs) But that was kind of like a thing in the 90s. You can't trust any postal workers. They're all kind of bad. I do Excuse like me. that in the film, though, where you you, can, you feel really sorry for his character throughout the entire movie. Well, I love the one line where uh, <laughs> where Cordelia she she says to Irene, she's like, maybe I should just give him a free one on the house. And she looks at him. And she's she's like, yeah, that's what he needs. Just another person screwing him over. I don't know. Like later in the film, you you know, you find out that eh, you know. This male guy, turns out he's really crazy. He's got a bunch of guns upstairs. He's got some fucking hand grenades. Um, and he's absolutely in love with Cordelia. Yeah, and he's got some, like, crazy, like, suicide letter where he's going to, like, blow up the post office for... For um, Cordelia. Yeah, so this guy this guy is totally off his rocker and insane. But, you know, all the way up until his death, you think he's a nice guy, and you even feel sorry for, for him when he dies. Like, this is... Yeah, you do. Like, all found out in the third act, and... I don't know. He like, what does he bite? He he bites it like forty minutes into the film, maybe thirty. He bites it pretty much the same time Cordelia bites it. Yeah, well, yeah, she's like the first one to get possessed because, like, once everybody gets into you know the hotel, all seven of them, like the sheriff gets his head knocked off. Well, that's pretty cool. I still think that 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 shot looks really good. He just punches the sheriff like through his face. And rips his head off and throws it at uh, Deputy Bob. I really yeah. like it. 
uh, in a couple of the background shots where where you can see uh, Billy Zane like in the background, like over like the deputy over his shoulder, he's, like fighting to get the head. Yeah, out of focus. Yeah, and he, yeah. he's like he's just sitting here trying to get his hand out of this the sheriff's head. He's just like, Argh! and the guts are like all flinging back there. It that's pretty. It's pretty funny. I will say though, Billy Zane does have the best lines in this movie, dude. Because he's like, even even right before he punches the sheriff through the head, he's like, "Oh man, I really wish I didn't have to do this." Once Billy Zane gets his uh, his hand out of the sheriff, he he kind of condemns the property. He conjures up some demons. Oh, that's my favorite line in the whole movie. Humans, you're not worth the flesh you're printed on. Fuck this cowboy shit. Fucking hold up, hold up. Well, they're there, motherfuckers. All you have to do is give me the goddamn key, and we could get on with our lives. All right, this property is hereby condemned. I just love, I just kind of like the way that camera pans in, man. He just kind of goes on his little rant. I did, I like the blood, I, I like the makeup here. Um. The oh yeah, demons coming looks, out of the ground's cool. Yeah, it looks. I mean, it it really does look good, dude. I, I still think that even though this movie was made in '95, a lot of these effects, I feel like they really do hold up. I like. I even. I even like when Billy Zane kisses the the little one, the little one right next to him on the head, and he just blinks. <laughs> yeah, he gives the wink. He's like, "What's up?" Yeah, yeah, you know you like that. And it's like covered he's in my, slime, and yeah, you know these are my babies. I'm so proud of him. So proud of him. And, and that, I mean, this is the, the film. It kind of comes a, a siege movie. I okay, wanna... one thing I do want to point out now. The demon's weak spots are their eyes, correct? Yes, to release their souls. But then they shoot you back. Yeah, well, only if you're standing in front of them. I mean, that's kind of a downside, you know? Well, you know, this gets to an area I want to talk about. I want to talk about the movie's rules. Because the movie starts establishing some rules. Because we don't really know a whole lot, but we're going to get some information. Breaker has this key, this large, this lost um, artifact that the collector, Billy Zane, is looking for. And inside it, yep. inside of the key is, is blood. And when you pour blood, like um, on a window seal or door frame, it creates this, um, I don't know, what is it, a, a Jesus force field? I don't a know, demon, not blood seal. Yeah, some kind of I don't know. Um, yeah, some kind, some kind of re- really cool, like red, and it, it glows red. It, it's a cool effect, but it, it, it's um, it creates a force field, and the demons can't get inside. You, we have this little, you know, the whole little action scene in the beginning where he takes out the demons, kind of seals the place up. Once the blood seal is put down, it can be removed. The blood seal doesn't just stay there forever. It can be wiped up. It can be well. It can be wiped up with this like demonic sponge. <laughs> the demonic sponge. Now, in the part where Roach shoots his ex boss, what actually busts the blood seal? Is it Roach shooting the gun, or is it the Cyclops blast? <laughs> That destroys the barrier. Okay, like, see, that's one th- thing that always kind of boggled me. Okay, about. no, no, no. That's that's exactly that's exactly where I was going with these these rules, bro. Um, you know, um, they even de- yeah. established that like the the key with blood in it, the demons can't touch it as long as the blood's inside of it. 
You know, because the collector, <laughs> like Billy Zane, constantly wants wants it poured out, right? And yeah. they even there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where a demon comes inside, right? And mm-hmm. like he goes through the blood seal and he gets like zapped and it's all crazy. If you watch that scene that you're talking about, where they're downstairs, I, they're in the they're in the basement trying to find like uh, an exit through these tunnels. Yeah, that for some reason <laughs> run under the city. Whatever, just go with the movie. All right. Dude, Roach shoots it, the demon that is, and, and he shoots him in the eye. The blood seal is not broken then. It is definitely when the green lightning, because when you shoot him in the eyes, this green lightning comes out, right? We establish it, mm-hmm. it kills, it, well, it doesn't kill people, but it hurts them. When that hits, dude, you, you totally see the blood seal get broken. So my question is, why are these guys not kamikazing themselves? Yeah, why isn't the collector just line a bunch of them up and just pop them in the eye? Yeah. Well, not only that, but something else that 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 you do, you kind of very, just brought very, it up. Very, very confusing, and that that's a rule break. And I I do kind of I I have a problem with movies and the breaking. Well, there's the another rules. major rule break. All right, it sets up the rule that you, you can know, establish a goofy collect- rule, but if you break it, I do kind of have a problem with that in the movie because you know it's like yeah. you're setting up all this logic and then you're breaking it and you're you give me no reason why. It's like the end of Harry no, Potter. No, we just fucking with you, man. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's like it's it's like the end of the first Harry Potter, you know, a sorcerer's stone. Like, why? Wait, that guy's just like melting at that Harry Potter's touch. Why is it? Why is that fucking happening, bro? Spoilers. Yeah, why did this Potter. happen? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I, I'm with you on that one. But no, another we'll tell one you of the rules that are established. You really see the first conf- major confrontation in the hotel between the collector and Breaker. Breaker pulls the key out and touches the side of Billy Zane's cheek with it. And it burns him, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Jada Pink is is in the tub, she's clearly holding the key, and Billy Zane grabs the fucking key. Oh no, I think he's grab. I think it's kind of it's a no, bad dude, angle, you, but I no. think he's grabbing. He's trying to grab. He's grabbing her hand, or I think that's what they're trying. Okay, to Okay, well, it looks like he's touching that freaking key because I actually paused the shit on that because I was like, hold on a minute. Yeah, is, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm hearing again? you. Okay, well, hold up. Let's talk about this key, too. So yes. they do flashbacks. Breaker has... And I think the flashbacks are cool as shit, dude. Yeah. Especially the first one, because I think Rick Boda did awesome cinematography job on this. I think he did a, a great, great job. Yeah, he job was a cinematographer. Yeah. You know, I love the lighting on this. And one of my f- favorite shots is when Breaker walks into the room, and there's that stained glass window of a cross and you see the light and flash and it imprints onto breaker's character. And then he has this flashback. And the weird thing about this flashback is it goes back to like the Roman times. Well, no, it goes, it goes back to the crucifixion of Jesus where Jesus was on a cross and you see, um, I don't know who this guy is. It looks like some disciple, a a, a thief is even says that, that, the Jesus that basically Jesus gave this key to a thief. I guess he was the first demon knight. Yeah, that's what they're implying. Because when he gets the key, um, he fills it with Jesus's blood. So, and then they they set it up to where it goes on from him to this other guy. And yeah, then, you you see it get passed down to uh, what ends up being like yeah. World War One, and that's when World War One. That's when Breaker gets it. Yes, which is actually really cool, dude, because I really, really enjoy that um, 
like kind of World War One war scene. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not bad. I mean, I do enjoy the flashbacks in this. You know, I, I kind of do really like the backstory. It's nicely stylized. And, I'll give you that. You know, it's got yeah, the guy I mean, could use his smoke and the backgrounds are, you know, the backgrounds are a little bland. But you know, I kind of, I kind of like how they they just go with that like washed out gradient look in the background. Yeah, and cover it mm-hmm. with a lot of smoke and they darken it up. I, it's. I don't know. It's it's very stylized and theatrical. I kind of dig it. Yeah, and apparently, whenever you become a demon knight, along with your little Dragon Ball tattoos you get on your hand, you absorb every memory of every other demon knight, going back to even the first one. Yeah, that's how Breaker knows that you know or sees the visions of Jesus being crucified. I will say that the flashback uh, editing. It's a little dated. <laughs> it is. Yeah. It is. It is very 1995. Yes. Yes. It is. It's not it's terrible. Nice. It is. Is not terrible. I'm not. I'm not saying it's, it's. It's the worst thing ever. It's not. But it's definitely of his time. And you know, another thing that I found was really weird is Wally's character actually gets a direct hit from the the cyclops the cyclops blast from one of the demons. Why didn't it hurt him more? I guess like. The way guess, Breaker it explains it is like, like the the way he explains it, like it can fuck you up. Well, I mean, it knocked him back and like it left some burn marks on his clothes and yeah, you know, little, I'm sure, his, I'm sure, his, spot on shirt. his chest is a little, little sensitive right there. And he did it all for Cordelia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the Roach guy kind of kind of leaves her out, leaves her all out. There. Yeah. I mean, he ends yeah. up betraying them all at the end anyway. I mean, he fucking did. Yeah, which is that's. That is totally a douchebag move. Oh no, he 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 is a great dick throughout the entire movie. I mean, he's a great asshole. You just love to hate. A logical person would have just went on and fed his ass to the demons. Like this guy's a douchebag. There's a good chance he'll fuck us over. Because there was even one point in the movie where he was like, "Well, I'm just going to take the key from you." And that was when Bricker pulled out the gun and pointed it at him. He's like, come on, take it if you want. Yeah, but he ends up, he, he does take the gun from him, though. I mean, his character is uh, is is extremely lousy, man. I mean, he's just, um, there's nothing redeeming to him at all. I mean, you know, yeah, the, the deputy's kind of an idiot. <laughs> but he gets a great aliens moment later in the movie. Yes, he does. Uh, yes, he does. That's a total knockoff from Aliens, bro. Um, yep. but, I, but I like him it. and Irene both do. <laughs> yes, I, I guess the possessions, like each time they happen, I am a little confused say, man, about Cordelia's- like why their their mouths like just open up and their tongues seize out. Yeah, and they get really know, long. Man. I will I say, I don't know what the, that that makeup's about. I will say though that man when Cordelia. You know, when she turns into the de- a demon and like, dude, that actually does look, the makeup on that looks, I think it looks really, really good. You know, now I think it still looks, looks good. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it looks good. That's not my favorite though. In, in the film, I think my favorite is probably, uh, Danny, the little boy they find in the mine. Yeah. When he gets back up and, and takes out Breaker. Oh, dude. Is he, you want to know what, man? I, 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 I thought that was kind of pissed me off. You know, I guess I look at it and I'm like, well, it kind of could have been expected maybe. But it's like, really, man, Breaker has defeated all these demons, managed to live this long and just 
gets taken out by a kid who gets possessed by reading a comic. I, I did like that. That was a funny joke. Um, you know, going back oh, yeah. to your, your earlier argument about. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or your, I guess your earlier rant about uh, censorship yeah. in comics. So, you know, hey, yeah, look. it's still. But no, I, I don't have a problem with that, man. I, I, I kind of like that it's the kid because, you know, it, it, it's boiled down to one of them is, is for sure going to be the demonite that's going, you know, going to take on the mantle from him or he's going to pass the torch yeah. to, so to speak. And it's either Jada Pinkett Smith or the kid. <laughs> like Uncle Willie, he gets seduced by a bunch oh, yeah. of uh, topless uh, strippers offering him a... <laughs> a beer called the long hard one of course of course you know thus far we have had no booby shots no no that's not true you get you get uh in the very beginning of the movie you get some nudity right there yeah but i mean since demon night started <laughs> okay i guess since the actual movie started yeah yeah you so you get this fantasy where where so dick, like, dick miller you know what, man is we're just gonna we're just gonna put his, naked women yeah we're yeah, we're just going to put as many half-naked women as we could possibly fit into this room. Uh, it's gratuitous. It's funny, though. I mean, I don't know. It makes me laugh. And, of course, you know, all of this is just in his, in his fucking head. Oh, yeah. No, they even cut to, like, a, a scene where the kid comes <laughs> I love in. that, too, dude. And they're like, he's like, really? And he's just, like, staring at the wall, he's smiling. Like, kid, I'm in heaven. You don't understand. I do enjoy the... Uh, the kind of fight scene that you have with uh, Dick Miller and, well, I guess it would be Dick Miller and then headless Dick Miller versus Breaker. That head, like that decapitated head, could have looked a little better. I did I did think it was cool how, like, Danny, the little kid, decided to destroy it with the deer antlers. Yeah, no, I like that. That I, was an, uh, I think that scene's all right, man. I don't have any, any problems with it. That was an... Fake heads are really hard to do. That was kind of an interesting choice, though. Eh, it's very Lost Boys. Well, man. damn, you know, it's weird, man. Because it seems like out of all of them, like Dick Miller's Dick Miller's character, Uncle Willie, was like the hardest one to kill. I don't know, dude. Cordelia, you know, like, in the beginning, she was really hard, dude. She killed the male guy, broke um, CC, <laughs> CCH Pounder's arm. And, man, that, that, yeah. that's, a, that that's a pretty cool scene. I like that scene a lot, man. Yeah, where she gets her arm ripped off. Yeah, that's a that was a really cool effect. That that's a good break on screen. Um, and then she not she knocks the sheriff dude out of the way and um, causes Breaker to like knock the key. He gets the key knocked out of his hand that like accidentally seals the upstairs, which saves their ass later. I don't yeah, know. And, you, uh, I I I would say Cordelia. I, I I'm I'm gonna give it to Cordelia. Give it to Cordelia. Yeah, I, I think yeah. I think her demon probably whips the most ass out of anyone. I don't know. Danny does kill Breaker though. Yeah, that, that's one guy. I I do not see how that compares <laughs> to one guy knight, plus man. a broken arm. Who's the demon knight? <sighs> man, I, I don't know. We we're waiting our kills and deaths here. I don't know, man. <laughs> this this sounds like you're trying to just fix this so you can win to me. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh my goodness, we are totally digressing. Um, when it gets to the end, all right, and it's Billy Zane versus Jada Pinkett Smith. I mean, they set it up earlier in the movie where 
the collector Billy Zane is is trying to seduce Jada Pinkett in this really eh, it's a music video room with some fucking sheets that are getting blown by fans. But it, yeah. you know, it's not bad. It, I mean, it works. One for thing me. I did think was cool about that at that scene was is like he's sitting here promising her like, oh, I can take you anywhere, let you see the whole world, but then yet you can hear these demons snarling and like hissing and everything yeah. behind their conversation. And it's just like, you know he's lying to you. Yeah, and you see that you like giant kill you. painting with the blood coming through? That's Dude, that's awesome. Yeah. I do think it's interesting because Jada Pinkett does try to try to use the blood inside of the key to her advantage. And she like decides that she just wants to cover her entire body in it. A la Predator. Yeah. Like the Predator. Dude, this but, is uh, a total Predator knockoff. Um I don't yes. have a problem with it though. You know, I'm o- I'm okay nope. with you, you know, taking from it's like you taking from good movies and we're we're all good. But uh well what Jada Pinkett has or Irene, what is she has failed to realize is the collector's no. not your Irene, Irene's the chick that owns the hotel. Oh, yeah, you're right. Anyway. I forget what her name is. Again. What's her name? Geraldine? Is, oh, is that what her name is? Geraldine? Yeah, Geraldine. I think it's Geraldine. She's got a weird yeah, name. Jada Pinkett's character does. Geraldine doesn't realize is, is the collector is smarter than your average demon. So he just decides he wants to wrap her up in a, in a, <laughs> in a freaking shower curtain. Dude, okay. I, I I like all this. I'm I'm totally okay with it. I even like the end when he goes full bat demon. Okay, I do have a problem with one little section between those. <laughs> are you are you gonna are you gonna mention flame penis? Well, I was gonna say either that or that dude once again has one of the worst cases of gonorrhea ever known. I even watch it now, even with some of the their own rule breaks. Yeah, you know, I can look past that and still enjoy it. I really don't feel like this whole giant flaming penis thing. Dude, that seems it seems like a waste of money. It's just a stupid joke. Exactly. And it's like, fuck, bro, how much did flame penis cost you? You could have totally cut flame penis out of the budget, Ernest Dickerson. I know you could. I know your last name is Dickerson. Okay. Do you need flame penis? Like, how much did that shit cost? I'm pretty sure it cost over $200,000, and you could have spent that money on something else. I mean, why couldn't we just have, you know, Billy Zane do his little monologue? He grabbed Jada Pinkett. She spits the blood in his face. He turns into the damn big dragon, and poof, he's gone. He dies. Dude, anything. I just, I was not. <sighs> Dude, that 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 is the one thing. Watching it now, I don't see a point in it in the movie, and well, it was kind of a no, budgetary. No, okay. Look, look. Here's the thing: it, it's 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 stupid comedy that's kind of like thrown in, like just the rest of the movie, and it it does feel a little uh, like a lack of imagination. I'll give you that. 1995 me might have thought that was pretty funny, but you know, 2018 me thinks. Uh yeah, I would have much rather just save the effect, save the money, spent the money somewhere else in the film, not really done this toilet humor. There's a lot of things that I I laughed at, or you know, in '95, that are probably really inappropriate <laughs> now and yeah. would be considered terrible. Uh, this was not one of them. 
Right. You know, maybe something about Mary, you know, all the uh, uh, mentally uh, handicapped jokes uh, in that film. You know, maybe I feel a little bit bad about laughing at those as, as hard as I did in the theater when that movie came out. But the effect does not look that great. It's a little too humorous in the climax of the movie, and it makes Billy Zane a little unthreatening. Yeah, it makes him just look like a freaking horn dog. Not that I don't mind him looking like a horn dog, as long as he has a little bit of like, and he can even have jokes. But I would, I do want him to have a little bit of menace, and I, and I think there are yeah. moments, you know, where he gets that, you know, like right, right, even before that scene, he even has a line where he's like, uh, a couple of years ago, I know uh, a, a little silence in a woman would be appreciated, you know, and the way he says that, why, while while it's it's funny, it, it it's also a little scary. But the flame coming out of his crotch is not. I, I don't know. I never really had an issue with it until I just, I just went back and watched it for this podcast. I just don't really feel like that. That's necessary. So, Demon Knight ends, or I guess like the last bookend when the, in the film finished. Jada Pinkett Smith goes off, or just Jada Pinkett goes off into the sunset. Uh, we get our bookend of the the Crypt Keeper. What'd you think, man? I, I I liked this scene. I thought it was I thought it was a good way to end the movie, you know, yeah. and get out. What, what did you think? You know, it kind of did leave it as a bit of an open ending, where there could possibly be a sequel made. I mean, I, I was I was a little kind of disappointed when I found out that the next Tales from the Crypt movie was going to be Bordello of Blood, but instead of another demon knight. But um. No, I mean, I think the movie has a very fitting ending. You know, the classic Crypt Keeper puns at the end. And I think all that looks good still. And It, was, it wasn't that you hated Bordello of Blood. You wanted Demon Knight 2. No, I actually gave Bordello of Blood a chance. And then after watching it, I was like, this is fucking bullshit. I would have loved to have another Demon Knight movie instead of this fucking horseshit. We, we talked about what we got. We got Bordello of Blood as the second movie, and then uh, that was the next year. And then, man, yes. Ritual came out in, like, the early aughts. Like, I I think it was, like, 2002. What we were going to get, and I've heard different speculations on what the, the sequels were going to be. But I heard one of them was going to be From Dust Till Dawn. Yes, one of them was supposed to be From Dust Till Dawn. And apparently the money just wasn't there for Quentin Tarantino to do it, or he just didn't want to do it for the money that Universal wanted to offer, which would have been, which would have actually been kind of cool, man, to see. Okay. So, but the film says the next movie is going to be dead easy, right? Yeah. So that, that, that's where I'm a little... I'm a little confused. Like the special features where you have the the interviews where the guys are talking, they're like, "Oh yeah, it was going to be from Dust till dawn." It ended up being Bordello I mean, I of Blood. Was, I, I see that. Well, I think that's what the trilogy was supposed to be. I think it was supposed to be Demon Knight. Well, Demon Knight was actually supposed to be the second movie. Dead Easy was supposed to be the first movie, and From Dust till Dawn was supposed to be the third movie. But From Dust till Dawn and Bordello of Blood were made at the same time. Yeah. Well, you know. I mean, it, do, it, it depends money. on it depends on who you're talking to and what source you're looking at. Which Tales from the Crypt movie was going to be second, third? I, all I'm saying is, is there is no consensus 
Like there is no like this is what happened. This is what we were going to do. We need we need somebody to come out and just write a tell all tales from the crypt book. Tales from tales no shit, from the right. crypt. Uh, I mean, and like I said, you know, it was supposed to be those and we got Bordello of Blood and whatever the fuck ritual is. Demonites, it's a fantastic movie. I went and saw this movie in the theater when it came out. I enjoyed it when I first saw it. Yeah, it has a few things that here and there I might have a little bit of an issue with or whatever, but overall, it's an enjoyable movie to watch. I think the directing, the acting, phenomenal. Does it does it change the world? No. Does it have some kind of immaculate or some kind of super awesome life lesson or message that it's getting across? No, it doesn't. But the cinematography is great. The cast is great. The story is great. Directing, everything. Everything I feel like just fits to make this great amalgamation of a movie. I would have liked to seen, you know, the story progress a little bit further. Yeah, I do. I, I really like this movie. This movie is it's fun. It's definitely B movie fun though. <laughs> and I don't, I don't mean that as in, in, in any way, shape, or form uh, a, a slam. You know, I, Raiders of the Lost Ark is also B movie fun, but a lot of Godzilla movies. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. Um, but Raiders of the Lost Ark is like B movie fun that goes to an A list area. Yeah. I don't know, dude. I don't I don't think horror I don't think this this kind of horror, Tales from the Crypt horror, is ever gonna be that. I don't know. I I really enjoy the movie. I do think it has some flaws. I don't like the fact that it establishes rules and then it disobeys them. I will say it's cut together so fast and the shots are so fast, very canted. There's a bunch of canted shots. Like even when Billy Zane's character is coming up the the stairs and he's like, all right, children, it's time to play or come out, children, it's time to play. Whatever he says when he walks up there and it's it's a great canned angle shot, but it's just cut so fastly. He just gets hit in the head with an arrow. And right when that happens, it's just cut, 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 very music video. It does have an MTV feel. It does have a nice urban feel. I do like it. I like it a lot. All right, guys. So that's going to do it for us tonight. You've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you guys want to get in touch with us, our email address is themoviecrew at gmail.com. And that's themoviecrew. Crew spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right. Extra E at the end of the word crew there. At gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Movie Crew Pod, and we would surely appreciate a five-star or really just any star rating, you know, iTunes, Stitcher, you know, anything you can give us, guys. Any review, we surely appreciate that. Paul, where can people follow you, sir? Uh, If you want to follow me, you can follow me on Twitter at Paul R. Williams J1. All right, guys, and like always, we play a little bit of the soundtrack closing out. Uh, you know, Paul, I do. are we going to have to play the theme from Tales from the Crypt, the TV show, by Danny Elfman? I mean, is is that the one we should play? Because, I mean, when else are we ever going to play it? We're playing Filters, Hey Man, Nice Shot. All right, look, look, let's do both. Let's close out with Tales from the Crypt, and then we'll play Filters, Hey Man, Nice Shot. 
Enjoy.